1: There's too much talking, texting, tweeting, posting, too much noise altogether. In silence, there's strength and peace and space. Imagine, silent forever. The Penis Project podcast is proudly supported and sponsored by Prost, Exercise for Prostate Cancer, and the RS Health Penile Rehabilitation Program. Prost is a not for profit charity set up by myself in 2012 that aims to help men exercise during their experience with prostate cancer. If you want to know anything more about PROST, including our online service and USB product now available, please just go to prost.com.au. The Penile Rehabilitation Program was created by Melissa at Restorative Sexual Health.
0: This is an online program to assist turning software into hardware without leaving your home. This program was designed for people who live in areas where access to health professionals in this area is not available or for those who are just too busy to attend consults or even for those who just feel more comfortable learning at home with online learning and consultations online. For more information about this program, please go to www.rshealth.com.au. Prost means cheers to your health, so Prost to you.
2: November 11th
1: 11am, 60 seconds, kids watch on the wall, in the pub, in the tab, in the cars. We remember Welcome to the, the Penis to Project podcast and today we have the company of the wonderful Bionic Brian. And I say Bionic because not only does Bi- Brian have Bionic knees, he's also got a couple of extra pieces <laughs> being inserted into him after having treatment for prostate cancer. <laughs> so Brian's whole story with prostate cancer started in 2018 and he was diagnosed and needed, you know, uh, some attention quite quickly. Brian, thanks for coming in today. Would you mind just telling us a little bit about that very early start with your own prostate cancer experience?
2: Yes, certainly. Um, I've been seeing uh, my GP for many years about um, getting my PSA tested because I had an uncle with prostate cancer. I had a brother dying of it at the time. Um, And so I wanted to keep on top of it. But unfortunately... um, GPs um, don't all share the same opinion on prostate testing and, and what levels you should be referred at. So I ended up being probably referred a bit later than I should have. So the MRI showed that I had a, um, a 25% chance of it extending through the outside of the prostate. And so it was decided by my um, specialist that she would do a wide um, operation and take out all the nerves and fat and, and the seminal vesicle as well, because the chances of extension obviously was going to grow the longer the time went by after the MRI. So um, that's what set me up for the the operation for the wide one and taking out, and then obviously involved taking out the nerves as well. So I was having going to have a non nerve sparing um, operation.
1: And how did all that go?
2: Um, as you would expect it, well, not really as you would expect. I ended up coming out of the operation with um, cancer still there. In, incontinence heavy incontinence and of course erectile dysfunction so uh, it um, yeah, wasn't it wasn't the ideal thing particularly with the cancer still there the specialist told me at the meeting two weeks after the operation that um, she was in her words really pissed off with the, the positive margin that came out of it it was a two millimeter positive mar- a bit of cancer in the the bladder neck and um, we set about trying to um, work out a a program to uh, get rid of that.
1: So you had the surgery, you were immediately severely incontinent. How many pads a day do you think you were wearing right at the beginning?
2: Probably four, four pads. But if I tried to do any work after a month or two, um, I'd go through as many as I could load up. And at times I'd just let it run down my bloody leg because I just need to finish a job off and then I'd go inside and share and change. So. If I didn't do very much, then I could get it down to one or two, maybe two a day, um, and and it did settle down in time. And in time, I um, probably over six months, I got it down to one pad a day and probably ten to twenty grams. If I didn't do very much. So okay, so that born. was
1: that was you know a pretty good recovery over was. that time. I I wasn't working with that time. Were you doing no. any physiotherapy or how did all that go?
2: Well, I, I was initially using the physio that was um, tied up with the uh, urologist that, that did the operation, and, and but she didn't, doesn't have your depth of knowledge and, and uh, her exercises are, are very limited compared to yours and depth of knowledge, so um, it wasn't until quite some time later that I, I required that help. And my urologist wanted to put a sling in early on, but my... Results, what I was losing per day were down to, I think, eight or ten grams per day at one stage. So she called off the idea of putting a yeah, sling in. Yeah,
1: so it improved enough not to have yeah, to go down that pathway.
2: Exactly, and her idea was that it's better to have the sling fitted before the uh, impending radiation treatment. Um, and perhaps I should mention that as well, that um, six weeks after the operation, I went and saw St John of God oncologist, who recommended postponing the radiation treatment until after my continence improved. So a PSA after the um, operation was 0.02 and, um, uh, sorry, point o, yeah, 0.02, so 0.02. And then I had to, over the next six to 12 months, watch that grow. And if it, re- it was, the cutoff point was point 0.2, so if it reached point 0.2, I was going to go in and have radiation straight away, regardless of where my continence was um, and otherwise we would wait till my continence improved. Well I got to point 2 or just about 1.19 before um, my continence um, was solved so I ended up going into radiation and hormone therapy 12 months after the operation.
0: And then you ended up with worse leakage didn't you after the radiation, is that correct?
2: the radio, yes, the it did initially get worse, and then it, it settled down once again to probably where it was before, mm-hmm. um, and and that's when um, I, I sort of started looking at um, looking at other forms of, of of trying to get around that problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the meantime, I'd had um, Peroni's developed. But would you want to um, talk yeah, about well, that side of it? Yeah,
1: well, the Peroni's developed after the surgery and before the radiation, would you say?
2: Yes, it definitely was. It, it happened after I'd been to see a, a Perth a, a men's health doctor who injected me um, because I decided to go in the path of penis injections um, as well as using vacuum pumps and uh, they injected me in their office with... Some um, prostaglandin, and, and uh, some men, small a small percentage bad. of men, are severely affected by it, and I'm one of those. So I got an extremely hard and painful erection. Um, something to dream of at, th- at this stage of life, but not then. And uh, <laughs> it took about four or five hours to s- go down. So they ended up putting me on papaverin um, rather than using prostaglandin. So I was on papaverin for and that the next was effective. Was it for you? It was. Yeah, it does. It's slower acting and it's less effective, but it takes 15 to 20 minutes to to get up there. It doesn't get you don't get as hard, but it, it's effective. You can you can make use of it. So um, that was the start of the journey with uh, injecting.
1: And when did you notice the, a curvature for the peroneus disease Right, start good
2: point because I, I seem to think it might have been tied up with that um, and there's, there's a bit of history online to do with it after that um, severe injection or that severe... Um, uh,
0: yeah, can direction. I speak about mm. that? Because I think there's a bit of a urban myth, a bit of a misconception that injections cause peronies and they certainly do if people keep putting them in the same place all mm-hmm. the time yeah. and they don't use a pump as well to keep the penis tissue healthy. Yeah. But I think – and I've had a lot of men say this to me, Brian, that, oh, I used the injection once and I got a curved penis. Yep. That isn't actually possible. What's no. happened is is they've developed the Peyronie's, then they've injected, and the Peyronie's is actually only visible when they have an injection. So they haven't had a proper erection to be able to see the yep, yep. So I think, unfortunately, do you know what I say? Like uh, in people's mind, I think there's a connection. I had an injection and now I've got a bent penis, yeah. but yeah. in actual fact – they didn't know they had a bent penis until they had a proper erection.
1: Because you can only see peroni's when you've got an erection. Yes. And it's the time frame between, say, the surgery and no erection that the damage is done right. in terms of yeah. reduced blood flow and causing shortening and contraction of the tissue or fibrosis. Sure. That <coughs> unless you ever get the chance to see what a natural erection's like again, which in your case wouldn't have happened, no. um, then, yeah, there is that kind of confusion, I think, about mm. how it all begins. Right. But... You know, I've, I've been to a couple of lectures with urologists who have mentioned that, yes, you know, it's a definite thing. So it's still an unravelling area of understanding. So, yeah. mm. Anyway,
2: it happened um, in the weeks after that um, first in, uh, injection in the doctor's um, surgery. So that
0: very first injection you had when you had pain, because you're right, um, it's about one in 20 men will get pain with Did Was your penis straight at that time?
2: absolutely Ramrod. Yeah. Yeah. yeah i was lying on bed and i was going through the um, the nurse from the doctor's rooms was talking to me every 20 minutes because they were going to get me to go off to hospital mm-hmm. uh, four hours it was still there and, and he was suggesting all sorts of things cold showers mm-hmm. compressions pseudofed everything we were going through everything that he could think of and it was wasn't having any effect so mm-hmm. um but Hey I got over that yeah um, you went on to the p- up, so I had um, I had cancer still there incontinence ED and Peros I forgot to add that to the list so <laughs> anyway that just that was a challenge so that you know it was, it was, it was I had it it's like all those other things I had them what could I do about them that's when I started on a, j- a journey without knowing it a journey to tackle each one of those um, if and when the opportunity came up.
1: So you tried some shockwave as well along the way?
2: I did, and that was the same doctor who suggested that. Um, He had a a Renova machine, and I went through six treatments there um, of the shockwave treatment uh, on the penis and that area that's affected, um, and that had some results, some some improvement. Okay, yeah. Initially it was a a 35-degree bend to the left, 35-degree bend down, and that did improve uh, after the shockwave treatment there. But the suggestion was to have six, a course of six, and then see what it was like sometime after that.
1: And so then what happened?
2: <laughs> uh, well, with regards to Peronis, um I decided that there had been some improvement, but I didn't want to go down that same path again. And, and then I think, Joe, maybe you gave a talk at one of the prostate support group meetings. And from there, I, I think I came and saw you and, and you initially started off with ultrasound. And then at that time you had a, a machine on APRO and you were thinking of whether to buy it or not. It might have been in June, I think, a year yeah, or two right. ago. Yeah, that's right. You were tossing up and, and that's when you started I needed some.
1: It. I needed some guinea pigs. You did. <laughs> <So> <laughs> and the, I happened to roll up at the yeah, right time for yeah. me. And so th- my shockwave is called a low-intensity focus shockwave. Uh-huh. The Renova is what we call the first-generation machine, which has a radial shockwave. Right. And so it was really just a step up and I was none the wiser as to whether or not it was going to work. Yeah. Uh, so it was really all of us trying to decipher that together. Sure. So how did you find that focal shockwave for your Peronis?
2: Um, or the therapy? I'm sure it improved it because um, we'll get to the the, um, the, the penal implant, penis implant later on. But at that stage, it, 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 no corrective surgery was needed. When I first started thinking about getting the um, implant put in, then it was thought by the urologist that I went to then that I would need, he would need to do some corrective surgery on the peronees in order yes. to make the get the implants in and make the whole thing work. But as it turned out after that treatment, I think the treatment seems to continue working uh, after you've it finished. Does, it does, yes, yeah, yeah because yeah. it definitely improved. And and when I had the implant in, then nothing was needed. So extremely happy with with um, the whole shockwave treatment for for, uh, for Onis.
0: Were yeah. you using a pump at any stage?
2: All the time. Great, yeah. perfect. Yeah, yep. had a Excellent. vacuum pump that I was using initially for to exercise the, the, the penis muscle mm-hmm. and didn't use it for sex that much because I find the con- found the constriction ring was pretty hard to use and maintain anything that you could mm. be effective with. But we did early on before the injections use it successfully yep. to some extent.
1: Can I just ask, you had the uh, radiation therapy one year yes. after your initial radical prostatectomy. Do you think that the there was any change from the radiation therapy to the Peronis or the erectile function or penile presentation in any way?
2: That's a really good question and I, I, I haven't got an answer for that. I don't recall anything um, but I, I, I don't really know. Um, you know. You're pretty focused at the time on having a PSA test every three months after the operation and, and just hanging on that result every three months and seeing whether it'll get to point two, and having, when you've had an operation to have cancer out and then you've got cancer growing inside you again, it takes That's a bit of priority. certain headspace yeah. to get around that and, and accept that and, and I, I always had a friend who had a similar situation but he had the uh, radiation straight away because he or the specialist couldn't stand that weight of just not knowing what's happening around the corner. So mm. I had confidence in, in um, Dr Tang and uh, it, it, it worked out well.
0: So in summary... You had, you were 69 when you had your radical Mm -hmm. prostatectomy. Then a year later, you had radiation. Yes. And then a year later, you had a sling for the incontinence. Yes. And then a year later after that, which is at the end of last year, you had a penile implant. And during that time, you had some shockwave um, and or some from Renova from another practitioner. And then you also had ultrasound from Joe. And that really meant that you didn't need the peronies surgery. Then you could just whip that out and um, and get the implant put in. Is that right?
2: Yeah, that's a very good summary. Great, yeah, okay. exactly right. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, that's spot on.
0: <laughs> so, with the sling, how did your continence go after that?
2: Brilliant. And I'd like to tell a little story about that. Yeah, please yeah, do. We need to, to fill in the gap with that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. push, yeah. The, push the push the barrel of the prostate support beatings and how important they are for men in my position to. When you've got things like I had those four items that I had to attack, one of the ways to try and learn about that, because I knew nothing about it, I wasn't on Facebook, I didn't, never been to a support meeting, so I started going to those and the guest lecturers like yourself, Joe, and I think Melissa, you've spoken there as well. Um, and uh, David came along, um, David Surfield came along, a urologist, and he gave a talk one day, and one of the things he passed around the room was a sling, and it, uh, it was just what I thought I needed. So, as he was thanked and he left the room, I followed him out in the hallway (laughs) and said, I need that. And he said, yeah, sure. So, he said, come in next week and um, we'll do a test on you. So, I didn't didn't go to his room, just went to um, the hospital, got a test done. He said, yeah, that's all fine. So, we met again two weeks later and he put the sling in.
1: So, that was called a urodynamics test to see how much your bladder pressure could withstand and whether or not it was leaking. So. You got pretty close to being continent before the radiation therapy. After radiation therapy, your leakage occurred, but not too badly, but it never got 100% by the no. sounds of it.
2: Oh, no, 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 nowhere near it. No, it still meant wearing a pad of but I wasn't <coughs> that unhappy with it. Hmm. I just thought it was part of the lot. And, and uh, I did know that there were um, you could have a... Um, a, a prosthesis fitted to um, switch the u- urine on and off. The, on the on. artificial urethral artificial sphincter. sphincter, but you yeah.
1: didn't need anything as drastic no, as that. No, I
2: didn't. That and uh, the sling had been mentioned. I'd read about it, but it, it hadn't really crossed my mind as being something serious. I only knew of one person in the support group that um, had it done, and and he spoke uh, with. He had moderate success um, and said he still has some issues. But blow me down! The, the next day the catheter came out, and I was dry. And I was dry for the next till I had the the operation for the, to put the penile implant in, I was dry, totally mm. dry. So okay. that was yeah. for
1: a, about a year, wasn't it?
2: Uh, yeah, roughly yep. a year later.
1: So this is so ongoing. It but is. <laughs> tell us what took you to the point of wanting to get the penile implant then for erectile function.
2: Right, okay. Well, I thought um, the cancers, because I was getting the reading done every three months, so the cancer's dropping. It was dropping uh, post-radiation. I was heading in the right direction. The incontinence had been solved, and the erectile dysfunction was the the next thing to sort out. Um, and uh, I have a scarring problem. Uh, when I had my knees done, one of my knees after six weeks totally scarred up, and I had to get the the knee ratchet under ah, surgery, and the knee yep. all the scarring broken. So it was, they ratcheted the knee until I got my heel on the backside again. And then I had to go through another rehab. So I knew that I scar inside, and this um, turned out that I had this implant done just in time because when David did the operation, he had a lot of problem in getting the, the two balloons in each side because of the scarring caused by the injections. So if I kept... And they were getting harder to get in. I can only imagine that it's... Um, all the scarring was in occurring. I was having a lot mm. of trouble pushing That's the in. That's true. Yeah, you're right. That's you know, exactly I what hit it a is. I spot and it was just so hard so I to keep going around. And uh, and then um, I just decided one day that I'm, I'm, I have to drive this like the other things I've done in the last couple of years. Um, so... I decided to get it done. so I rang David's rooms, made an appointment and um, went on holidays, came back and had it done straight away. Yeah.
1: And how was that procedure, recovering from it?
2: Horrible. Because you've, <laughs> had, you've had a lot. you had a
1: lot going on. So I'm curious about yeah, the...
2: Uh, yeah, and I wouldn't want to put people off because my um, situation is a little bit different to most. I had, um, as part of that wide prostatectomy, I had 11 nodes removed from that immediate area. And
1: so that's going to mean there's less drainage yeah, of less tissue drainage. fluid. So I and I had
2: massive swelling and uh, Sharon saw the swelling a, a couple of weeks after the operation. It was, everything was just huge. Mm. Um, and that's taken about seven or eight months to fully settle down. Okay. And yep. I feel as though it's still settling down. But that, uh, that aside, the, uh, the operation was, was fine. Um, but, you know, I know I've got, that, I've got that swelling from the previous operations. All three procedures I've had, I get a lot of swelling and I know that to expect that. Try everything you can um, and it suggested ideas to reduce the swelling, and in the end, time takes care of it.
0: Mm, I think that's when I first met you, wasn't it, Brian? Was when you had a lot of swelling, and um, you, I contacted the surgeon, and then we did some like particular type of bandaging for a bit to reduce the swelling. Is that exactly, right?
2: Exactly. Yeah yeah. 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 So we tried everything like that, and took all the advice that I could and visited everyone I could. And,
0: and this was all back in November, so now you're pretty Just much eight months ago. Yeah.
2: Mm, and how's mm.
0: that? And it's pretty good now?
2: Yes, yeah, the swelling's uh, – I reckon that there's still – because I've still incont- cause I've got incontinence back from the operation. That was the one downside mm-hmm. um, to get the uh, – so i got the back, um, incontinence back. Incontinence and, back. And so I'm working on that. And I feel as though as the swelling reduces that it, it's slowly coming good. The mm-hmm. incontinence? Yeah, the incontinence is coming good.
1: We've only just met once, um, just last week I think, and that's why we've uh, caught up again today because the incontinence, how severe would you rate it as being compared to how it was before you had the sling put in?
2: It's probably um, – well, before the sling, it's probably better than that.
1: Okay, good. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah.
2: So the, the sling is still having a, a really good effect and I i just feel as though I almost can feel the things in that have been put inside but it's getting less as time goes by so it's – I don't know what the we recovery time is. we just got to keep
1: building that pelvic floor. Yeah, yeah. so that's – It t- might just t- need a little bit – A bit more hypertrophy than what it did previously Mm. to help.
2: I'm very confident that um, there's a very good chance that I'll get that confidence back, Mm. um, and I don't know in the near near future. Yeah,
1: that's our our working progress project (laughs) at the moment. I was, um,
0: I I don't know, we might have to cut this out, Brian, if you don't want to (laughs) answer. But I just am interested because you know your grandchildren or children might listen today. But um, you're 73, Mm. and you were when you had your implant put in and I think I actually was told by a gentleman in a survey I sent out recently that at 52 he asked about directions to his GP and his GP said oh you're too old to be frisky <laughs> and which I was horrified at being 51 this year thought that's terrible um but how I don't think 73 is too old at all to, to be still having a sex life and but how's it going with the the penile implant like does it Feel the same? Are you finding it better than using the injections? Uh, like how are you how are you finding it?
2: Right, ninety nine percent better than the injection. Great. Is that because you don't
0: have to like you've got the spontaneity back?
2: Absolutely. Mm. And it's something that. Um, I heard the talk some time ago with David. Was it David Sandor who had oh, one? Oh, David yes. Sandor. Yep, Sandor yep, yep. Yeah. And, and uh, that, that's one of the reasons um, that I uh, had this implant. Oh, really? Because yeah, because
1: I. Yep. Yep. And yep.
2: another gentleman, name who you've also interviewed on here recently, yep, he's had yep, one. Yep. And um, th- they're so positive about the fact of how you can use it, the spontaneity of it, and it, it, it really, it really is true. So mm-hmm. I just encourage anyone who's out there thinking of it, has ED and, and even well, hasn't thought of it, just have a think about it um, because it does work it's spontaneous. You don't have to inject things. You don't have to pump things up. Um, and you don't have to go and buy anything more. You have a one-off <laughs> cost to put it in. Exactly. That's <laughs> and, so and true. Yeah, you're not going to a compound kevas every few months and, and, uh, and just just the the fact that you can get something there, it's not – the way it was, and uh, it never will be, but it's so enjoyable. But
0: yeah. let's face it: if you were seventy-three, your erections—if you had none of this happen to you—your erections wouldn't be like they were when you were thirty, anyway.
2: Exactly. Apparently, uh, fifty over fifty percent of men at seventy in their seventies have um, some sort of problems. Exactly. It you actually goes up by
1: ten percent per decade. Does so it? fifty percent at fifty years of age, sixty at 60, per sixty years of age, seventy. So it doesn't mean that it's constant erectile dysfunction, but there are issues you Know as you get older, anyway.
2: Mm. Well, I've been married 50 odd years, and, and, and um, things are still uh, as good as they were 50 mm. years ago. So,
0: and is there so with the implant, does it feel normal for you? Like, does it feel the sensation is okay?
2: Absolutely, it's um, I, I d- it didn't for a while, and uh, it, it's to have these p- the, p- the pump and everything else sitting in there. Um, it, it did feel very unnatural because it's not there's nothing natural about a, a pump sitting inside you, a big bit of rubber or mm-hmm. plastic, but. Your body has got a marvellous way of adapting to anything, and I found this with the knee implants as well. Um, and you just get used to it, your body accepts it, it hasn't rejected it in any way. And, and I don't think about it now. Whereas for the first few months in particular, it was this thing, this foreign object sitting there, and, you, and whenever you washed or did anything else, you, you just thought, oh, when's when's this feeling going to go away? But it has, mm-hmm. and now I just—it's like my knees. I don't think about it; Great. they just work, and, and I'm so happy that I've got it.
0: And from a female perspective, like when you feel testicles, that have got that in, it just feels like there's a Lego block in there, doesn't yeah. it? Like it's just like, oh, there's
2: a bit of Lego in here, but yeah, well, it's something with that that no sharp your partner edges can use as well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's part of the spontaneity. Yeah, they can be part of the. Yeah, so your partner play. can yeah, <laughs> reach exactly. over
0: while you're asleep and go pump, pump, pump.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: it's funny actually because when i teach couples to inject i always say to the guy look if you have to get your partner to help you with it that's fine hmm. but it's not that sexy for a woman for someone to say oh can you give me an injection so we can have sex you'd much prefer them do it themselves and then go Ta-da! you know it's not and same with the pump you can just pump it up and it doesn't have to be a big deal
2: no where something like this, it takes five or six seconds to do. Mm. Well,
1: I was going to ask you yeah. that. Could you potentially, Brian, just talk us through <laughs> how you actually get it inflated?
2: Sure. And I noticed with, with David, I'm um, just talking candidly, which I'm sure you don't mind, and with David's interview, uh, David Sandor, is it? Yeah, yep. the other yeah, guy. Yeah. His interview, um, he does it midway through the whole thing. Whereas we start off with it erected, it, it's that's the way our um, sex life has always been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, things happen pretty ha- used to happen pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we tried to imitate that. So okay. we start yep. off with that fully blown. Yep. And uh, things carry on from there.
1: So, you could you just describe that mechanism of what you have to do? You sure you have the.
2: Sure. It, it involves um, grabbing hold of a, a rectangular-shaped t- um, part of the implant. Which is in your testicles. Yeah, in your testicles. Yeah. Yeah, with your testicles. And, and behind that is a, a little pump about a centimetre and a half long. And when you've previously drained it from the last time you used it, so there's a little changeover valve inside. So you have to, first of all, put a fair bit of pressure on the pump to s- change that valve over to where it's now going to drain from the reservoir into okay. the penis. So it's yep. just done the opposite in the last operation. So a fairly good squeeze and you feel the little pop of the changeover valve. And then it's 8 or 10, maybe 15 Can you do sharp. that?
1: You've actually got one in your hand here. Yeah. So if you could just do that into the microphone. Yeah. So you
0: do – like
1: does it sound like that in real life? No, because that's the plastic oh, bag. Oh, <laughs> <bag>. uh, <laughs> the like. plastic bag. Show
0: us what it sounds like.
2: It's the plastic bag. There's not much noise at all. Oh, no, it's just tick, tick, tick. And that's muffled because it's inside you, so there's a… It's
0: like having a cricket in your testes. Yeah, it is,
2: it is so
1: you do eight to ten, did you say? Yeah,
2: and, and you, you keep going until you can't pump anymore. I've learnt that fairly quickly. That you can't
1: pump anymore. because…
2: Yeah, because all, the, all the, 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 the actual balloons in your penis are full. Ah. So you get every last little drop out you can mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. out of the reservoir into the penis, and whether the reservoir runs out or just the balloons are full, I'm not sure, but we, we pump until it's rock hard. Yeah. It won't go any more.
0: And, and then can the you you can use it up for as long as you want to, and then you just release it by pressing a button, don't you?
2: Exactly. So uh, at the end of it, um, you push that. Uh, there's a button in the middle of the rectangular piece. Push that down, and that that actually makes a sound. You can hear it draining. Like, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Like a little ticker, like a okay. little heater pump. Or something okay. Okay. Like and that. how long does it take to go down? Um, it it probably takes fifteen to twenty seconds, and and you I I assist it as well, which is part of their teaching mm. is that. If you, um, with that pump still pressed, that button still pressed, you just start at the head of the penis and work your way down with your fingers forming a ring around it and that just forces oh, just the last bit of fluid out. helps to get out. Mm-hmm. So it helps to transfer all the fluid or as much as you can into the reservoir, which just means your penis can fold and sit more naturally.
0: And that's the other question, I think, is like before the implant, you know, lots of guys after they've had their prostate out go from being showers where their penis is out in front of their body to being... Um, like it hides from them and then they have to be a grower, they only see it out. Mm. But now that you've got the implant in, you'd be a shower all the time really, (laughs) wouldn't you?
2: Well, one of the things the manufacturer claims is that you can walk around the sports restroom and not be embarrassed by how much it stands out. (laughs) So yes, (laughs) it does restore a bit of visual, uh, uh, yeah, visual effect. Yeah, but it doesn't look like you've got an erection all the time, does it? No, no, it doesn't. It
0: just looks like you've got a larger penis than you did before. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: And this is a stupid question. But has it ever have you ever uh, can you potentially sit on it awkwardly and cause it to inflate itself or is any has there been any like accidental a blow good question.
2: up? No, no, there hasn't <laughs> because it, it basically sits with the the um the the, the pumps facing upwards. So uh, Yeah. You could theoretically cross your legs and, and do it, but it takes a fair bit of pressure okay. yeah. to yeah. change that valve over yeah yeah uh, if you had it already changed over you may be able to do it but one pump wouldn't put much in probably 1/15th no. of what's in there
1: and could you like use use it quite comfortably three times in a day if you wanted to
2: absolutely yeah, yeah. so
0: that's yeah. the advantage over injections too because you can only do that once yeah. in a day you know hours. so in 20 well 24 to 48 hours mm-hmm. so yeah i think um,
1: that's definitely an advantage you know, oh, that you can use it more than once.
2: Yeah, it's it's not on my hit list, but thanks for suggesting it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll and
1: also you don't need to have any medications anymore at all then for no, erectile function. No, because yeah. they don't
2: work. Um, once it, This is mm. a, um, one thing to say about it is that you can't go back. You can never use injections again or pumps again or yeah. because the cavernose has been um, damaged and, and you can't. It'll never get yeah. out of there. It. It's definitely permanent. You yeah, want to you know. You can't use Viagra or anything like that.
1: Melissa, what um, side effects could potentially happen... With the implant, if there was anything that might go wrong, I guess. Yeah,
0: I have... I mean, the, with every surgery, there's infection. I personally have never had anyone who's had infection. Um, like, I've never seen anyone who's had it. And it seems to be very rare, actually, in the research because the actual implant is impregnated with antibiotics and they give you antibiotics when they put it in. And um, it seems... to I've never seen it, but it is one of the potential side effects. Um, I think... Really, the only negatives I've ever heard from my patients who have them are guys will often complain. I'll be interested to know what you say mm. about this, but that the head of the penis is a bit soft and floppy. It doesn't get hard like it used mm. to, but I have kind of got to work around for that. Um, and the other thing that people say, I've had a couple of guys who psychologically just can't get their head around it, Yeah, you know, and I, So right, I, I think that. before you have it done, like I had I've got one patient in particular and I think he's a lot better with it now. But when he for the 1st He's got year, one already. Yeah, he's yep. got one. But for the first year that he had it, he's probably had it for four or five years now. He kept saying to me, I just want to chop my penis off and put it in the wheelie bin. Like he really didn't even want to look at it. Like oh. but he was a very young guy when mm. he got it. He's a diabetic. So I think he's he's managing it really well now. But I think there is a psychological component and I didn't meet him until after he, uh, he got it. And I think it's important to see someone to talk to them about all of this a lot about how you're going to feel mentally about it, not just the physical getting it done.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, um, support in something like this, if, if anything goes wrong or it's not going as per the plan, then um, absolutely it's necessary. Uh, I, f- I haven't had um, the need to get that support, but I know that Joe is there from any anything around that that I need help with, like with a continents or anything else. If anything showed up, I'd start off with Joe first, and then we'd talk about you know what actions we could take taken, whether that meant going back. And also, I intend to see David every uh, twelve months as well, and just get him to yep. look at it, the surgeon, yep. mm-hmm. and just get him to look at it and um and and, and make keep an eye on it. But
0: that whole floppy head thing. Have you experienced that?
2: Yeah, definitely, because uh, basically when you inject, you, you're only filling up the cavernosa. You're not mm. filling up the penis. So the head can't um, – I don't know about Viagra. I imagine Viagra uh, would eno- enable it to engorge with a bit of blood, but not not the injection. No. So uh, I've only ever injected and used the pump. So I've always had that floppy head, mm. and that is part of it because most procedures you have um, y- involve a bit of penis shortening, mm. whether it be the um, prostate coming out. It always takes a bit of the urethre- urethra, and then you have – maybe a sling or maybe a penile implant, everything reduces the size of the penis and then you've lost the use of that centimetre and a half or two of the head as well. Yeah. So that that is an issue in that entry is an issue, but we've, my wife and I have worked our way around that. It's mm-hmm. all a matter of geometry and <laughs> 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 everything the else. The angle so of the dangle? Yeah, we've <laughs> thought about it. angle of the dangle, dangle. is a It's a very phrase? good <laughs> phrase for that one. And, and mm. So we can, you know, it takes a, a, a little while sometimes to, to get work things in, but we get there and uh, it's all good. So Lisa,
1: I've got another question, sorry. So when guys have the penile injection, the head the head of the penis doesn't necessarily... Was, no, it does oh, usually. I so, so, yeah.
0: I'm interested that you said that, Brian, because I've never seen anyone with an injection that the head doesn't fill up because it usually does.
2: Yeah, well, we've got... A visual proof of that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's
0: rare because usually you do get it everywhere. So that yeah. is rare, but that might be to do with the scarring that you had beforehand, be, like I to I do with know, the original it scarring. Was one of the effects of was, the injection
2: was that the head was always soft.
0: So that could be the fact that you scar badly mm. in general all over your body. You were saying, and
2: that yeah, might be yeah. And also the
1: radiation therapy because I actually read David's David's the mm. surgeon's David's um, notes today about when he went to do the procedure oh. for you and it was difficult,
2: mm.
1: and he said because of the radiated tissue it was quite inelastic. Of and yeah. so you have mm. going to have associated right. erectile dysfunction probably to the extremity. Um, mm. so the th- Peronis
2: lumps are all down the head of the penis as well. That was yeah. where my Ben was. So you had the radiation, yeah. the peronis, the scarring. Yeah. So that's yeah. not, yeah.
0: not nor- normally when guys have injections, it's hard the whole way. So I think oh, you're okay. an anomaly in yeah, that. I've that. But with the implant, definitely the floppy head is a thing. Um, and actually one of my patients told me this and it, works, mm. um, he takes 25 milligrams of Viagra um, and I don't know if it'll work with you because you already had a floppy head beforehand so that might not work for you but he takes 25 milligrams of Viagra w- and that just, because the um, there's another chamber that's not affected by the surgery that goes under the bottom of the penis the and into pangiosum. the and yes and it goes into the glands and so that still fills up with blood so um, I've told of a lot of my patients that have implants and that works for them.
1: And what about wow this is a question and i don't know the answer to myself non nerve sparing will those patients respond at all to the medications the oral medications no definitely not so brian's non nerve uh, sparing. Uh, yes you're non nerve sparing so as well so that's probably another reason exactly as to why. yeah good point yep, yep, so yep.
0: you're not that. But, you know, if you had a little bit of... Say, for instance, you were a guy who had... You could get a half-master, yeah. but you can't get it the whole way and you want it to be a good one, you could have an implant and then you could take a mm. low dose of uh, and th- medication. And that's most men. Yeah. Um,
2: so that, that's wonderful. So, someone who's contemplating it maybe to realise that um, mm. it can be helped by yeah uh, medication.
0: That's been so great. You've been so open and wonderful and I really hope that your grandkids do listen to Bionic Brian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Bionic Brian... You've written us some wonderful notes too and I think this one needs to be stated. 2022 was the first undetectable PSA reading since your original surgery.
2: Yeah, that's right, Joe. So that's, um, because it's quite a journey, most people get to uh, to know what their PSA is going to be within a few months afterwards but mine's taken that time, almost three years now, three and a bit years to, um, to get to that and I didn't think I would, I never thought I'd get to that. So I always thought there'd be a bit of residual cancer in there from after the radiation. But it took my body, you know, almost two years, two and a half years from the radiation to work out um, to get rid of all the, the tissue that was in there. So, it's finally now expelled it all. So yeah, that's, that's pretty remarkable mm. considering
1: the starting point that you had. Mm. And you also had hormone therapy. We didn't actually discuss that. But is that also finished? Do you need any more of that?
2: No, I had a 6 months dose of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was debatable, or not debatable, but it wasn't, um, it isn't done every time someone has radiation, but um, given my circumstances, the oncologist decided that it would be beneficial to have uh, hormone therapy as well, six months of that, so I had six months that started just before the radiation, so it continued through the radiation for another four months after that. Um,
1: Okay, so at this point in time, you're not on any medication at all? No. You've had the sling for your continence? That was perfect until you had the implant, but we'll fix it up quite quickly. Yes. And now you've got the penile implant for your sexual function. No medications required for that. No. So life must be a lot freer <laughs> without oh, it's all of that planning and preparation. And
2: Yeah, look, it has. And, and since that combination of those things and the fact that I've got the undetectable reading now, it's, an, it's enabled me mentally to now start to back away like i've, yeah. I've cancelled my facebook membership um, yep. on the on the prostate group yeah um, yep. and i wanted to read about everyone else's problems just in case some yep. little in- bit of information came through that i could help or use
1: mm.
2: i haven't been to a prostate support meeting this year
1: yeah
2: i don't feel the need yep. to i want to break away from yep. thinking about it for three or four years every day mm. it, it, it hasn't been something that's d- dragged me down but it's it's just been a, quite a relief to Moving on, I find my mind's moving on. Yeah, and so I'm just yep. gradually easing myself out of it. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's 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 a very happy, um, and a very happy state. Yeah,
1: mm. well, that's even more um, awesome that you've come along and shared it with us today. Yeah. So maybe, maybe this can be your final contribution <laughs> <laughs> to very the prostate to. cancer community. Yeah. but I've never had a patient that um, has had every single thing um, pushed his way, and here you are just looking the picture of health and sharing your experience so openly and warmly. So thank you so much.
2: No, you're most welcome and uh, I I just hope that maybe one person out there might have got some help and and down to getting a a sling or an implant or something like that to make their life a bit better.
1: (laughs) right. well, thank you so much Bionic Brian. (laughs)
2: Tell you about a boy who lives inside me's me. been there all of my
1: life Hi this is Dr. Joe. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. We're getting so many emails, so many questions and so much feedback and Melissa and I are absolutely thrilled about this. What we'd really love you to do though is to share our podcast with anyone you think might benefit including any man in your life. Simply download using your favourite podcast app or subscribe to the penisproject.org. You'll get a weekly email and new releases and this helps our podcast get more people. And if you write a review and subscribe as well, well, we'll get known more widely across the globe. Meanwhile, let's keep the conversation going. Women,
2: just a mystery to me I've got a boy of my own fills me with pride to see him growing so fast into a man